all right, we have been in a series called Right on the Money, and we've been talking about how to get our money right, and uh, we've been talking a lot about um, specifically the tithe, and how many remember what tithe means? A tenth, one-tenth, ten percent, and so, um, so we've just been talking about, okay, we know that like we give when we're at church, we're, we're generous, and, what, and we've talked about what giving does and how much I should give. We've talked about the tithe, and, and hopefully my heart as your pastor is to, to help you see um, God's kind of principles of giving and generosity from the Scripture, and my heart has hopefully been that I have presented in a way that you've been inspired about giving without the legal, the, a legalistic type teaching of like, if you don't give in the offering today, God's going to take it out of your bank account and medical bills. Uh, that is a false teaching. I don't believe that. Uh, but I do believe that when we give 10%, that the, the rest is blessed. And, and uh, we actually, we believe in the principle of the tithe so much that in 2023, New Life Church has decided that we are going to give 10% of our income as a church away to missions. And so, now, every time you tithe, 10% of your giving, we're going to give it away as, as, as a tithe of our church. We just believe in the principle of generosity that much. And we believe that by doing so, that God will bless us so much that we won't be able to have enough place to store it. And really, uh, my prayer has been this. God, even if you bless our church and we see even the finances of our church become so, so strong, uh, I, here's what I want. I, 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 if the budget stays the same, I don't care. I just want to see more souls saved. So, if, Lord, so if you're going to bless our church f- because of our faithfulness to be generous, then bless us with souls. Don't, don't bless me with brand new buildings. Uh, uh, you know, don't, don't bless me with stuff. Bless me with lives changed, marriages restored, children that are going to be lifelong followers of Jesus. And as I pray that, I'm like, I'm ready to give again. And, uh, and so, th- so that's our heart, is to see that happen. And uh, so if, if you haven't been here the last couple weeks, we've really made two large announcements, kind of just as an in-house, kind of like, hey, hey family, let's, 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 let's huddle in. My dad, he, I remember, like, he would call family conferences. And he'd yell upstairs, boys, family conference, living room, five minutes. And he, we never knew what was, but it was going to be heavy, you know. And we kind of had a little family conference, and it wasn't heavy. We were just saying, hey, as a family, we're making two decisions. One, we're going to give 10% of our income away as a church. We're going to give it to missions. And two, we're really going to restructure the giving of our church. And we're going to simplify it to really two big buckets of giving, one being the tithe and one being kingdom builders. And so uh, we put together a real uh, quick video that we'll be able to use to send out to people to help them understand this, those that haven't been here. But if if you have been here or not been here, we have a real quick video just to help you maybe like catch up with where we've been so we can move forward today on some of these these things. So check out this really uh, cool dude in this video. All right, Hey, New Life Church, Pastor Devin here, and let's talk about giving. Uh, at New Life Church, we believe in the principle of the tithe, which means 10 or a tenth. Uh, and really, we could just say 10%. And what we believe is that tithing is a biblical principle of giving the first 10% of our income to the Lord. And we do that by bringing that first 10% of our income to the local church, whatever your local church is. And for those of us that it's New Life Church, this is where we bring the tithe. And I know that every time we tithe and we give, it funds the future of the ministry of Jesus in our local expression for us, this New Life Church. 
Now, tithing is, a, is uh, a principle that God put forth in the scriptures. It's the only one in the Bible where God says that we get to test him. He says, test me in this, that I won't open up the floodgates of heaven and bless you so much that you wouldn't even be able to store all the blessing that I have for you. And so every time we get paid, we take a test. And the test is, who are we going to thank for our income? And who we thank is to whom we give first. So we believe the first 10% belongs to the Lord, and it's called a tithe. And in doing so, we also get to test God that he won't bless our lives. So again, the, the Bible, it talks more about our money than really any other topic in Scripture. But also, we believe so much in the tithe as a church that we ask everybody that calls New Life Church their home to be a tither, that you give 10% of your full income and you give it to the Lord through the expression of your local church. But also, we believe in the tithe so much as a church that we choose to give 10% of all of our church's income and we give 10% of it away to world missions. And so every time that you tithe to New Life Church, 10% of your tithe, we give it away, and we give it to missions. And so I, I want to talk real quick about how we have our, our, our kind of our buckets of giving at New Life Church. Every church might have different buckets, uh, but, but the first bucket in giving is the one that we've just been talking about, and that is the tithe. And again, the tithe is 10% of our full income. When you tithe to your local church, it funds its ministries. So, so everything you see here, uh, every Sunday morning, uh, every worship service, our kids' ministry, our youth ministry, uh, the facility that we worship in, all of the ministries of our church happen when God's people tithe. And so we have our big bucket here, tithe. We always do this first. But many times, uh, many churches and and even a New Life Church in the past, we have had other buckets of giving. These are smaller buckets that represent ministry, that represent something important, and from time to time, and uh, we, we give, and maybe these other buckets. Because people always wonder, I tithe, but I wanna give more, and where do I do the more? Well, sometimes we have these little buckets. Um, so for first, we've always been a missions giving church. And so some people uh, like to give to missions. And in the past, we've had a, a, a little bucket like this, and we say, you know, above and beyond the tithe, tithe first, that belongs to the Lord, but what can we do to raise money to get the whole gospel to the whole world through missions? And, uh, and there's other buckets of giving that um, many times we have in, in the church. And, uh, and, and for instance, we have uh, a building fund. Uh, many, and so, you know, obviously, the taking care of a facility like ours, you know, it takes funds and and so we, in the past, you know, in many other churches, they might have a missions fund. And they, probably, they probably have, like us, probably have had a, a building fund. And, 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 then, and then, of course, you know, we want to take care of people in need. And so we have this little bucket. This is called benevolence. This helps people when they're in need. And, and you know, like uh, uh, may, maybe there's a ministry at the church like the food pantry. This is a compassion ministry that, that we do. And Many other churches probably do one like it, and this is just to help take care of food insecurities in our city. And we really, we ask for nothing in return, 
Uh, this is just the compassion ministry of the church, but it's important, and, and we believe in these things. And, and also, when, uh, we, you know, our, one of our partners is Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is helping feed kids all around the world and, and respond to disasters. Let's make some room for our Convoy of the Hope of Hope bucket. And then, of course, we always want to get kids and teens to camp. And so we want to try to raise funds to get kids to camp. And so ultimately what happens is we see, we, we, we always say, you know, we got the big bucket and we'll tithe first and the tithe goes here. But what do I do? When, because I believe, this is what I believe, is that tithe, giving 10%, tithe is really the training wheels of generosity that I don't stop at 10%. And sometimes I'm like, I want to do more. Well, Missions Matters and, you know, the Building Fund and Benevolence and Food Pantry, Feeding Kids Around the World, can't believe all this stuff, it matters. But I, don't, I just never know which of these buckets to put my more in. And so, so what we do at New Life is actually we've simplified giving to we tithe and then we do something. And it's called Kingdom Builders. And what happens with Kingdom Builders is a Kingdom Builder in our church is someone that tithes first and then gives over and above. And what happens when you give to Kingdom Builders is Kingdom Builders becomes a Kingdom of God mutual fund that takes care of all of these extra things. And so when we tithe, it funds the mission of the church, the operations of the church, the, the future of the church. And then we, when we give over and above into Kingdom Builders, this is where we together as a church begin to really change the world. Now, every year at New Life Church, what we establish is a vision specific for kingdom builders. Because in the past, if there were all these little buckets that we give to, and sometimes there would be kingdom funds in all those little buckets that we had out here, all these little buckets, they'd all have some kind of kingdom funds in it, but, but never really a plan for them and never really a budget. When it comes to the tithe of New Life Church, our team works diligently to have a budget, to have a plan, to make the biggest difference. But then we, had, you know, if you have all these little buckets, it's difficult to build a budget and build a plan based upon giving and, and uncertainties. So what we have done is we put all of the little buckets, we put them all into one big bucket called Kingdom Builders. And now when you give, we tithe first, when you give over and above the kingdom builders, what happens is we take care of all of this. So every year we develop a specific vision for kingdom builders. That vision for kingdom builders is always, every year, three things. It's local, global, and future. Local being uh, really things right here in the greater Kokomo area. Local being that sometimes it is that kingdom builders funds things like the Marketplace Food Pantry. Kingdom Builders helps fund some of our local church facility needs. Local even helps uh, give funding to some of our local missions partners. We as a church and our leadership team, we develop this vision. We, we prayerfully consider what God would have us do to help build the kingdom of God locally. The second is Kingdom Builders is global. And actually, most of what we do with Kingdom Builders is global work. And so globally, Kingdom Builders is, uh, we are going to be uh, partnering with organizations that are going to help feed kids around the world and give them the gospel. We're going to provide disaster relief when natural disasters hit 
uh, countries and all, all around the world. Also with Kingdom Builders, we're going to help reach unreached people groups with the gospel of Jesus Christ and helping equip and mobilize more and more missionaries through Kingdom Builders. With Kingdom Builders, we've even done things like we have helped translate Bibles into languages that have never been translated before through the Fire Bible. Through Kingdom Builders, we do things like Speed the Light, which helps get missionaries' vehicles and sound systems to speed up their mission. We do things like BGMC. All of that would be considered global through Kingdom Builders. The third thing, again, that we do with Kingdom Builders is also for the future. And future always has to do with future Christian leaders in the next generation. So with our Kingdom Builders, we have vision for the next generation. Maybe that's something with our kids' ministry or student ministry. It might be sponsoring and scholarshipping kids and teens to go to summer camp and watch their lives be transformed by the power of God. But that's what Kingdom Builders does, is it builds the kingdom of God. Another way to think about Kingdom Builders is that the, is Kingdom Builders is like a big Kingdom of God mutual fund. That when we give the Kingdom Builders, it accomplishes all of those projects set forth for the year. And all three of those fit into, and all of those fit into three categories. It's local, global, and future. So again, in summary, when it comes to giving at New Life Church, we always tithe. And then as tithers, we pray and we ask God, would you give us a vision? Would you give us a plan? Give me a dream for how I can grow in my generosity and what I will do for kingdom builders. So let's say in the past you've been used to giving of your tithe and then maybe you would give to the building fund and then you'd give the missions and maybe you'd give to the food pantry and maybe you'd give to benevolence well, well now what you would do is you would take all of you the little bucket giving and all of those little buckets and you would consolidate it all down and you would give it to kingdom builders and kingdom builders will accomplish everything set forth in our yearly vision globally locally and for the future so I want you to prayerfully consider, one, to be a tither if you're not already. God says to test me in this and see I won't bless your life. We as a church at New Life, we believe in the tithe so much that we give away 10% of our church's income and we give it to missions. We tithe because Jesus transformed our lives. We give to kingdom builders to help transform the world. So if you're not currently a tither, I want you to join with New Life Church in faithfully, sacrificially giving our first 10%. And then I want you to perfectly consider, I want you to build a plan. How, what's my plan that I can begin to give to kingdom builders to make a difference locally, globally, and for the future? That plan might start off with just a, a, a dollar amount per month that you want to give to kingdom builders. And maybe that, that's a, just a vision that beyond the plan of what you could potentially give this year. And, and then maybe I want you also to have a dream. What is a dream amount that you want to give from a generous heart to kingdom builders? And that number, whatever it is, that's just between you and God. It's just a dream that maybe one day you could fulfill by giving to kingdom builders. So join us in building the future kingdom, the current kingdom, of God, seeing lives changed, hope found, and relationships restored. Be a tither, join me, and being a kingdom builder.
All right. <clears throat> you can clap. That's good. And so um, if you were here last week, we handed out to everybody in attendance last week the vision for Kingdom Builders for 2023. And, uh, and, and some of our team members, are, they're going to move around right now. If, if you did not get one of those, or if maybe you're like, I left it on my seat last Sunday because um, there was a few of those, would you just, just wave at them? And they're going to they're gonna hand you uh, one of these Kingdom Builders bookets that we put together that shows the 2023 vision for Kingdom Builders and all that Kingdom Builders is going to accomplish with our over and above giving, and you can take a look and see um, all of that in there uh, when you get it. But So real quick, again, uh, Kingdom Builders, this is what it is. It's, Kingdom Builders is a way of leading the Great Commission through a community who faithfully give above and beyond. So remember, all the little bucket giving that sometimes takes place in the church in the past, you know, we have all those little buckets. We're going to basically uh, consolidate all that giving down and give it to Kingdom Builders. And, and when I give it to Kingdom Builders, what happens well, this is what happens. And so um, the, in those three categories, real quick, I want to show you what's in the book we'll show you as well. But I want, if you don't have it in front of you, um, we'll show you what happens. Is, is these are the, this is the vision of our church for 2023. And uh, locally, uh, it's going to fund the Marketplace Food Pantry that takes place right here at New Life Church uh, two and sometimes three times a month. We're, we're, we're servicing sometimes to 300 families a month um, and helping with food insecurities in that way. It's going to help with some local building initiatives, some just uh, upkeep and maintenance and deferred maintenance on the building. Um, it's going to be some, um, uh, we're going to, uh, a partnership with Valley of Grace, which is a men's uh, re, uh, uh, recovery facility and uh, a mercy fund to help uh, when people fall into uh, difficult times in their life. But most of Kingdom Builders is global work and Convoy of Hope they're our partner where we're able to, to be able to feed kids around the world. Uh, they just hit half a million kids that they are feeding every day. And uh, many times when there is a natural disaster, Convoy Hope is showing up before the Red Cross, before FEMA, before the United Way. Convoy Hope is boots on the ground in those areas, partnering with local churches and giving people hope and the gospel. Project Rescues is, is uh, helping rescue women and children from the sex slave industry. And um, the Fire Bible is translating the Bible into new languages all the time. And it's a spirit-filled study Bible. Project 42 is getting missionaries from the moment they, they were called to getting them on the field and doing work, and in a, in a, in a, it kind of expe uh, speeds it up for them. Speed the Light and BGMC, um, we talked a little bit about that. And then the f for the future, uh, our vision is to help get kids and teens to summer camp this summer uh, for simply a deposit of $60, and it typically, it's, I think it's a $260 to go, but we want to get kids and youth to camp uh, to experience the power of God in that way. And so Kingdom Builders kind of breaks down like this, and that locally, Kingdom Builders is, this vision is 39% local, 55% global, and 6% future. And so when, I, so when we take, when I, so right now I've already moved my giving from missions and, and building fund, and it's all going to Kingdom Builders. This is what it's going to do. Uh, this, all those things that we talked about is what Kingdom Builders will do. And so that is something new that our church is doing. And so if you feel like I've already heard this, I know. Some people are early adopters, some people are mid-adopters, some people are late adopters, and some people, uh, because of work schedules, are not here every Sunday. And this is a big enough change, I want to make sure people get to hear it from me, okay? But today, we're going to continue our discussion in this series, Right on the Money, and we're going to talk about the principle of first. Um, uh, I remember, uh, you know, I grew up one of four boys, and being first was important. 
We, we raced to be first. We fought to be first. We always wanted to be first. But we, I want to talk about the principle of first. Let's jump right into our scripture today, Exodus chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. And so God says it's about the first so let me know that you're still awake from the dim lights of the video. Just help me out and say, first, first. Um, later on in verse 12, it says, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. It's almost as if, really, it's it's like if you don't redeem it, well, you're going to lose it anyway. So you might as well redeem it. Um, so so so, uh, so the first thing is is the firstborn we read must be sacrificed or redeemed. And uh, and if you're feeling confused, that's okay. This is not something we do anymore. So if you're like, what kind of church did I walk into? It's okay. There's principles here that we, we glean from. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. So, so how do you know if it's supposed to be sacrificed or redeemed? Um, well, the donkey in the scripture represents unclean animals, and a lamb represents clean. So donkey, unclean. Lamb, clean. Um, if it's a clean animal, it has to be sacrificed. If it's unclean, it has to be redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean. You picking this up? Okay, if, if you don't understand yet, then I'm going to help you one more time. Spiritually speaking, were you born clean or unclean? Unclean. Spiritually speaking, was Jesus Christ clean or unclean? Clean. And it was the clean that had to be sacrificed to redeem the unclean. So in a way, Jesus is God's offering. That he, what, that he gave the first, his one and only son, and it redeemed the rest. It redeemed the rest. Think of Romans 5.8. It says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So when it comes to the principle of first, here's the principle of first. It takes faith to give first. The tithe, we say, the tithe is the first fruit. So it is the first 10% of our income that we give to the Lord. And we give it first because it takes faith to give it first. Now, if, if I were a farmer and back in the, in, the, in the Old Testament days and I was a rancher and, and, and let's say I waited and to have 10 lambs and I, I'm like, Lord, I'm going to tithe, but I'm going to wait to tithe and I'm not going to sacrifice the first lamb, I'm going to wait. 
and I'm waiting to see which of these ten lambs gets into the garden. I'm waiting to see which of these ten lambs, you know, gets out of the fencing a lot, and I have, and, and I'm like, that's the one. That's going to be my tithe. The one that keeps eating my garden, the one keeps, that keeps getting on the fence. That's the principle of first is that it takes faith to give first. He says, I want the first one. God says, I want the first one. Well, it's the first, and I don't have any more yet. I want the first one, he says. Because the first has the redemptive power on it. That's the principle of first. The first redeems the rest because it's faith. It takes faith to give first. Ten per, the blessing is not on the 10%. The blessing is on the faith it took to give it first. Did you catch that? It's, the 10% is not the blessing. It's the faith to give it first. And God says, I'll bless that kind of faith. I'll bless that kind of faith. But when we say, well, let me see if I have 10% left over later, that's, that's a different heart, you see. It takes faith to give first. Think when the children of Israel went into the promised land. If you remember, they wandered the wilderness for 40 years, 40, 40, 40 years, and now they're finally entering the promised land. And they go and they take the very first city in the promised land. And God says, when you take the city Jericho, I will bring all the gold and silver and you bring it to me. You bring it into the house of the Lord. Why? Because, see, God didn't say bring me 10%. He said bring me it all. Because Jericho was the first city. And I, in essence, God is saying, if you bring me the first, I'm going to bless the rest there's more cities to take. You bring me the first, I'll bless the rest. So Jericho was the tithe of the, of the rest that they would take over in the promised land. It was the, the first, uh, bring the first, and the rest is redeemed. The rest is blessed. The first portion, remember, has the redemptive power. The second thing is the first fruits must be offered. So it must be first, and it must be offered. Proverbs 3, this is what it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, and with the first fruits of all your increase. Shout increase. I'm not going to lie. That, that, was, that was weak. That was weak. Shout increase. Okay, I only asked you because I need to remember that word for later, okay? Uh, it, the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Why, look what it says in Exodus 23, 19. The first uh, of the fruits of your land you shall bring, say bring, bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now here's a couple things I wanted to tell you about the tithe. The first is that you can't, you can't divide your tithe. Well, I'm going to give some of my tithe there and some of my tithe here. You can't divide your tithe. He says, bring the whole thing. You can't designate your tithe. You just give it. And, and, and if you're like, well, that's Old Testament. Well, let me, in the New Testament, uh, the, the, what the early church did is well, they, brought, they brought all they had, not 10%. They brought all they had. So you're lucky I'm your pastor, not 
Peter. They brought all they had and they laid it at the apostles' feet. And then they had deacons that would go and distribute it as they needed. And if you remember, men collect it, people manage it, but Jesus collects our tithe. Okay? So you can't divide it, you can't designate it, you just give it, because that's called faith. So, but I want you to notice there, the, a word here. I had you shout it out loud so you remember. It says bring. There's a difference between giving your tithe and bringing your tithe. You can't give something that's not yours. So you bring it. And we've said this in weeks past, that that first 10%, who's it belong to? It belongs to the Lord. We read it. It says, it says, the first, it says bring it to the Lord. It, it belongs to the Lord. The first 10, it is his. So I don't give my tithe. I bring it. I can't give something that's not mine. So I bring it back to him. And that first 10% has the redemptive power because it's first. We bring it. Now, scripturally speaking, now this is going to sound hard. So prepare yourself. Hopefully you know by now after three years, I'm not a, I'm not a harsh kind of preacher. Okay, I want to be filled with grace, seasoned with salt. Well, I'm going to sprinkle a little salt. I'm going to bring a little flavor. This is going to sound heavy, but I promise you, it's not heavy. I'm just telling you what the scripture says. There's two things you can do with your tithe. Only two. You can either bring it, or you can steal it. Because it's not yours. You can either bring it, or you can steal it. And how do we steal it? By not bringing it. Now, remember the children of Israel, 40 years they wander the desert, they go into the promised land, and God says, I want you to bring me all the silver and gold from Jericho, and I want you to bring it to the house of the Lord. And that would be the tithe that will redeem the rest. The rest is going to be blessed. Well, (laughs) I want you to remember this story because uh, there was this guy named Achan. And they went to Jericho, they took the city, and they realized Jericho's, Jericho's loaded. We're going to give it all? Certainly we can't give it all. Look, this is a lot. And so Achan, he kept some of it. So they didn't bring it all to the house of the Lord. Achan kept some. They go to the next city and they lose They're not victorious. They lose. And the Lord is angry. And the Lord tells Moses, you've stolen from me. I said to bring it all. And somebody has kept some to themselves. Because in Joshua 7, we found out that Achan kept some of it. They lose the next battle. Because God calls this thing, this tithe, he calls it consecrated. Consecrated means that it, has, it is set apart for his holy purpose. It is consecrated unto the Lord. And if you keep what's concentrated, conce- consecrated, I almost used a different word there, that would have been bad. Consecrated, if you keep what's consecrated, it'll be cursed. And they were cursed. They lost the next battle until what was consecrated was given back to the Lord. There's only two things you can do with the tithe. You can either bring it or you can steal it. 
Now, why would you want something cursed and not blessed? Well, it takes faith to believe that 90% blessed goes further than 100% not. Look at, uh, let's look at Genesis 4, 3. This is what it says. It says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. Keep, keep your eye on that. An, an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of his fat. And the Lord respected, or some translations say, the Lord received Abel's uh, offering, but he did not receive or respect Cain's offering. And I always wondered, what's the deal with that? And then I always just thought, well, um, the Lord prefers meat. <laughs> Hello. Uh, the Lord's like, I'm not a vegetarian. I don't know if that's true. I just would like it to be. But, what, but watch what it says. It says that Cain brought an offering of fruit, but Abel brought the first. An offering, it could have been at any time, but it wasn't first. Abel's was first, and first things have the redemptive power. God receives the first fruits. Why? Because God doesn't want to be second. And even if God is not first in your life, let me tell you, he's first. He's first. So he accepts the first. So the third thing is the tithe itself then. The tithe must be first. Leviticus 27.30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is whose? It's the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Now I want you to think, consider something. Now, I know we have some building contractors in the, in, in the house, and uh, maybe you're familiar with doing a project like that. But let's say that you uh, have a project that you are doing for a customer, and um, after all the material cost, let's say you're putting in, a, let's say you're, you're, you're upgrading someone's bathroom, okay? And so you, you, you get all this new material. You get the tile floor, you get the paint, you get the new vanity, the new sink, the new toilet, the, the shower tile, after all the material costs, and then after all the labor costs of, of your hired people that help do some of this work, at the end, you have $1,000 in profit. That $1,000 profit is the increase. Okay, if this was a, if this was a $10,000 job, but you had $1,000 profit, you need, to, you need to probably take a bigger look at your margins, first of all. <laughs> You're not making much. But, let's, but for the sake of math, let's say you do a $10,000 job, you have $1,000 profit. Do you tithe on the $10,000 or do you tithe on the $1,000? You tithe on the increase, and the increase is $1,000. Does this make sense? Every once in a while somebody asks me, well, I did a, a job and it was this much. Should I tithe on that? Or, but I made this much. I said, well, scripturally says you should tithe on the increase. So, uh, so as a contractor, uh, you, you have this itemized invoice and you show your customer they've paid for the materials, they've paid for the labor, and now they're going to pay you your profit, your increase, and they give you 10 uh, $100 bills. And those 10 $100 bills is your increase. 
That was your full income from the job. Now, um, how much of that $1,000 increase is the tithe? $100, because that is 10% of the increase. But which of the 10 $100 bills, which bill is the tithe? The first. Better yet, it might be the one on top, but the tithe, the $100 bill that is the tithe, is the first one that leaves your hand. That's the tithe. Because God is first. He doesn't want to be second. Because the first 10%, the first always redeems the rest. The first redeems the rest. Now let me, let me kind of give you an example of how Jenny and I have always managed this in our life. Um, I have an Excel spreadsheet it's called the budget of Galloway blessing. And for years, uh, uh, I've done my tithe different ways before. Um, now, now I automate, I try to automate everything because I believe in the principle first. And, um, but before, I would, the very first line item on my budget was my tithe. And when I would do my budget, every week I got paid, I would sit down and do my budget, I would say tithe, and I'd put that there. And then I'd write the check and set it aside. And then, and then I'd do the rest of the budget. Uh, but now, like I said, I, I automate my giving. My, my, my tithe is automatically withdrawn, and my missions and, well, my kingdom builder's giving is automatically done through our online giving. And I give first fruits in that way. But let's say, let's say for an example, um, if I sat down and did the budget on a Friday, and I have that line item, tithe, and I, I set the tithe there, and I wrote the check, I set it aside. And then I check the bank account later on Saturday, and I find out that before I gave that check or before I went online and gave my tithe, Jenny went to the grocery store. And now, the first money that left my hand went to Meyer, and not the Lord. Well, throw it out. I can't, uh, now we're cursed, Jenny. We're, we're cursed. You went to Meyer first. God won't accept it second because he's first. Will God accept my tithe? Yes. Why? And, and why, why, would I, why would I even still give the tithe if it's not first and now it's cursed? Here, here's why. Here, here's why. Pay, pay very close attention. Because I'm not legalistic about it. And neither is God. Because it's about the heart. My heart is set to, I'm going to give this first. I'm going to make this a priority. But oh no, Jenny slipped out to the grocery store and I didn't go online yet. I'm cursed. No, it's, listen, God, it's, it's the heart. It's the heart. Do you understand this? So, so listen, I, I, I've heard pastors say some crazy things about the tithe, and I know, and I know it's just because they probably feel the financial pressures of, 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 of running an organization, and, and that is real, but, but, but they, sometimes they say some crazy things, like if you don't write the tithe first, if you don't bring the entire tithe to the church, then God's going to take it out of your bank account and medical bills. That, Please, please hear me. That's not, that's not my heart here. I would also say that if you have got yourself in a financial situation 
where if you were to, uh, I would still tell you, have the faith to tithe. I would, I would tell you that. But maybe you, you feel like, I need, I need to like, dip my toe in the water. But I would tell you, you need to get yourself out of debt. You need to get yourself in a financial situation where you can be a tither and it doesn't stress you out. So we have aligned our entire lives for, for our whole marriage that we give 10%. We don't even think about it anymore. We've just adjusted the rest of our lives. So, so maybe you have to start adjusting your life to get there. But I would tell you, and this is what I told the team at our church, I said, listen, uh, I just think we should start now. And we're going to give in 10% of all of New Life Church's income, and we're giving it to missions. And we all kind of like, I think, said, yeah, woo, that's going to be a big number. It is. It's a big number. Well, I believe in it. Okay. The tithe must be first. We don't, that doesn't mean be legalistic about it, but set your heart in that, uh, in that way. Exodus 13, verse 14, it says this. So it shall be when your son asks you in, in time, uh, in time to come, saying, what is this? You shall say to him, well, and, and let me give you the context. When he says, what is this? He's talking about an offering. And the son comes to the father and says, what is this offering? He says, well, by the strength of the hand of the, of the, hand of the Lord, uh, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the first of beast. Therefore, therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, that all males that open the womb, but all the firstborns of my sons I redeem. Here's essentially what he's saying. A father is preparing an offering. And the son says, like good sons do, what's that? And the father says, realizes that the son doesn't know why we give this offering. He says, come here, boy. Let me tell you something about our family that you don't know. We weren't always ranchers. We didn't always have we didn't always have cattle. We didn't always have sheep. We didn't always have fields. We didn't always even have a home. But before you were born, and even before I was born, our family were slaves. We didn't own anything. Somebody owned us. And the Pharaoh of Egypt held us in this kind of captivity for 400 years. It looked impossible for us ever to break free. And he was really stubborn about it. But God made a way. And he got us out of that terrible, awful situation. And, he, and now we're free. And the boy says, we were what? Yeah, somebody owned us. But now we own all of this. And God has blessed us. So what is this offering? This offering, therefore, is my sacrifice to the Lord because I'll never forget what he did for us. 
And maybe for you, it'd be like you when you give in the offering and your, and your son or daughter says, what's that? You say, let me tell you a little something about your mom or dad that you don't know. I used to be a really bad person. And, I, and, and it shames me to say this to you, son or daughter, but I used to be a really bad person. But then I found the Lord. And then I, then I experienced the redemptive power of Jesus. So what is this offering? This is, this is for the Lord. Because I can never get over the fact that he forgave me and he saved me. He gave us everything we have. And so we gladly give God what is first. He gave us everything we have because I used to have nothing. And that's why we give it first. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Maybe you're here this morning. I just, I just want you to know, I, didn't know, I wasn't always a pastor. I wasn't always kind. I wasn't always confident. My own father, he wasn't always kind. He wasn't always nice. My dad was a drug addict. My dad was an alcoholic. He had a cousin that was relentless in inviting him to church during the Jesus movement. Relentless. And, uh, and then one day, he just accepted that invitation to go to a meeting. His life was forever changed. Then my father looked at my granddad and he said, Dad, I gave my heart to the Lord and I feel like I'm supposed to go to Bible college. And my granddad thought that was the stupidest thing he's ever heard. He said, no, son, you need to go down to the DuPont factory and you get a job like I did. And you need to go to work. He said, I can't. My dad went off to Bible college and he paid his whole entire way because no one believed in him. But it changed the course of our family in that one decision. And that, when you know where you came from, you're like, I'll gladly give. I'll give my life. I'll give my life. And maybe you're, you're here today and you say, oh, man, I need, I need a restart like that. I need to have an encounter with that redemptive power. And when God gave Jesus, Jesus now has the redemptive power to redeem the rest of us. You need to have an experience with the redemptive power of Jesus. If you really want to understand the tithe, listen, I'm not here to pull the tithe out of you, but I do want you to know the redemptive power of Jesus. Therefore, we'll give an offering. If you need to know the redemptive power of Jesus today, I don't want you to go another hour without experiencing it. And if you need that reset in your life, if you need forgiveness of sin, if you've got some failure in your life, you have heaviness in your life, just, just come to Jesus. The Bible says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And that's all it takes is just one confession to Jesus that you are confessing, I'm wrong, you're right. I sinned, I messed up, and I need the forgiveness of you. And I don't have all the answers to all my big God questions, but I'm willing to take one step of faith today to say I'll put my trust in you and I'm believing that I will, I will, come, I will find my way with you because I've tried it without and I need to do it with you. So this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed, 
If that's you today, you would say, I, I need that kind of redemptive power to redeem all my failures, to redeem all my mistakes, to redeem all my regrets, and I need the redemptive power that can't come through anything I've been able to try. Well, then you need to try Jesus. If that's you today, would you just lift a hand? I want to see who I'm praying for. You need the redemptive power of Jesus to take care of all of your mistakes, all of your failures. Thank you. I see some hands here in the middle. You can, once you up over here on my right, once you put them up, you can put them down. Now, Father, I pray for these that have raised their hands that this is their moment in time. This is the day that everything changes. Because right now, when we walked in, when these, those that are responding walked in, unclean. But in here now, in this prayer, they will be redeemed and they will leave clean. So if you raise your hand, just in the quietness of your own heart, you can just pray a prayer like this along with me. You can pray it out loud, you can pray it in your heart, but it just needs to sound like this, Lord, I need you. I confess that I have messed up, I have, have had issues, I have problems, I've tried to do it my own way, but right now, I surrender to you, and I recognize that I have the, a need of a Savior to rescue me from my pity, to rescue me from my failures. And would you put into me now a clean heart, give me a fresh start, a clean slate, and I, will want, I want to follow you all the days of my life, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed a prayer like that today, you were unclean, but now you've been redeemed and you're clean. Can we put our hands together for those that prayed that prayer this morning? All of heaven is rejoicing right now with you. Thank you, Lord. Now, God, I pray that you would bless us this week as we go. Lord, I pray that you just put, Lord, just something on our hearts. And uh, I pray that, Lord, that you would even begin to just uh, maybe help someone understand their need for a life group and that they would connect with life group leaders. And as we launch life groups this week, Lord, I'm praying for great change to take place in, the heart, in our hearts. I pray for new relationships to be formed. I pray that we would go deeper in your word, that we would get free from some stuff. But Lord, bless every life group leader. Bless everybody that's being a part of a group. Bless our kids as they receive ministry on Wednesday night. We pray this in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen if it's been a good morning.